Hi, you're listening to Create English on Ripollet Radio with Gabor Legradi. This is a monthly podcast here on the radio, and well, the goal is to help you with tips. We like tips, we like to know what to do better and how to improve. And today we're going to talk about three things.、Uh, first of all, how to collect new vocabulary, to remember it easier. So, learning vocabulary is obviously a fundamental part of learning languages. Without words, you cannot communicate. But、uh, how to collect, how to write down the words that you find in readings or videos or you know, wherever you find a new word, what you do with it is, is you know, it can make a difference. And how you write it down. So that's what we're going to look at first. Then we're going to talk about、um, something that contributes to speaking more fluently, with more flow, with a better flow, and that is using contractions. And we're going to look at one example here. And then、um, how to pronounce long words in English easily. So in English, there are some, you know, there are long words, and sometimes it might be. Not that clear how to pronounce them correctly, where to put the stress in the word, etc. So, that will be the third thing、uh, that we're gonna talk about. And、uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get into the first topic. Remember, if you're interested in the podcast notes,、uh, then you can go to the link under the program here, and it will take you to createenglish.comslash podcast. To this episode. But if you're listening somewhere else, then you can just go to createenglish.comslash podcast, just like the name of the program,、uh, with one E in the middle, and you should find the program notes there. And、uh, yeah, and if there's any link to any video, supplementary material or something, you will find it there. Okay, so let's get started. Vocabulary is something that everybody loves because, I mean, at least. You can measure your you know, your know, progress because you have learned 10 words, 15 words, 20 words, new words. So you can communicate better, right? Of course. So vocabulary is great. We love words. But then you get frustrated because you don't remember the words sometimes, right? You go like, you know, how can I remember words better?、Um, now, let me tell you, it is. There's various reasons why you don't remember words. There are various reasons. And one is the way you collect vocabulary, which can make it harder for you to remember words. Or, you know, I mean, on the flip side, like if you know how to take down vocabulary, you will get better chances to remember that vocabulary later on or for longer. So, Let's just look at what we can do. Suppose you're reading an article,、uh, you find a new word, like it, you check the meaning, and then、uh, you, say, you say, Well, this is interesting. I like it. I want to write it down. I want to keep it for myself. So, what do you do? You add it to your vocabulary list in your notebook, which can be, you know, a document sheet or an Excel sheet or a piece of paper. Like, I mean, Paper notebook, and then you add the translation next to it, right? Done. Well, this is a classical way of you know, writing words down, but is this really the most effective way to learn or to write down vocabulary?、Um, 
this is how we learned it in school, most of us. So the typical way to do it is you just write two columns. You know, one column is the new word, and then the next column is the new word in your language, first language, the translation. Now, here's a tip. If you do a little bit more, just a little bit more, and it's going to be a bit more effort, but not much, then you'll be ready for a better vocabulary learning experience. And let me show you what I'm talking about. So if you just write down one word, then um, it may be harder, depending on the word, but it may be harder to remember what use you can give to that word. Or in other words, what use is usually given to that word, how people use that word. All right, so here's the tip for you. If um, we take the classical example, like one column English word, next column is the translations. If you do do it this way and you only write down like one word, you find a word in an expression and you rewrite down the new word only, then you can run into problems, some problems, difficulties. One is if a word has several meanings, which meaning do you pick? Which meaning do you write down as the translation, you know? Second problem, how will you remember? how to use this word in context because words are used depending on the context they can be used in different ways how will you know if you only write down the word you know so let's see what we can do differently let's suppose that the new word we find is household and we found this word in this context household costs have gone up by 15% in the past six months. Let's imagine that this is the uh, text, okay? And so in this text, household is the new word. Now, what do you do? You go like, okay, household. I don't understand household. You go, you know, look it up in a dictionary. And then you will find, like in Spanish, for example, you'd find hogar, casa, familia. Or whatever your language will tell you. Um, then, what do you do? You go to the table and you write down household in the English language column. And the next, to, uh, the column next to it, you will write the meaning, the translation. Hogar, casa, familia in Spanish. Wonderful. And then, next time, a week later, two weeks later, you come back to the list and you check your words, blah, blah, blah. And then, nice, household. Will you know how to use it? You know, like if it says casa or familia or hogar, uh, how will you use that? The English equivalent in a meaningful way. So here's my tip. To increase your note taking efficiency or effectiveness on both. Uh, and to increase your chances of remembering the words easier and for longer, write down a combination of words instead of just one word. So if you find a new word, instead of writing down the new word only, write down a combination. These are called collocations, by the way. Not always, uh, 
but when the words go together in a typical in a typical way and many times that way or you know many speakers lots of speakers use it that way that's called a collocation but you can just find it in a context in a given way that you like so write down at least two words and in this case with household the example would be household costs you see so i wouldn't just pick household i would write down household costs why because um, then i can remember this expression i know the word cost suppose and i don't know the word household i don't just write down household i write down household costs and then i get the translation which is gastos del hogar or gastos de la unidad económica familiar right so fantastic I write down these two words and then later on, a week later, two, two weeks later, whenever, I come back and wonderful, I can just understand why I wrote this word down and what it means. And next time I need to use it, at least I will be able to use it in a more creative way, like household costs, all right? Or, you know, household bills, uh, which are, you know, gas, electricity, light and all those things you need to pay for and the reason you should do this is because uh, if the word combination is common it only makes sense to learn it this way it will help you to remember the word uh, and you're basically you know I mean writing down one word or two words not a big difference so with the same effort you know you, you get two for one and it also helps you to understand the meaning better And as I said, next time you want to uh, use the word or you look it up in your vocabulary list, you will know exactly what it means. And then it will become more automated. Like, you won't just say household costs. Um, you will say household whatever easier. For example, household bills, household income, Household appliances, household tasks, household waste, etc. So, in summary, wherever you find a new word, be it reading or listening to something or watching a video, um, make sure that you don't just write down the new word on its own. Write down something else with it that it that it it's used with together. All right, uh, in that context. Yeah, so that was about vocabulary. You're listening to Create English on Ripollet Radio with Gabor Legradi. We're going to continue now to the next topic, which is how to speak with more fluency, how to speak with better flow, and we're going to look at one tip here today. All right, now, uh, once you learn your vocabulary, you want to use it, and then you want to become more fluent which means you want these words to come easier. Now, there are various things, as I said, that, you know, that influence how fast you can remember words and how skillfully you can use them. Um, one is the thing that we're going to talk about now, and it's basically using contractions. So simply using a technique that combines words into uh, a contracted form and to illustrate it we're going to use modal verbs 
in combination with have. What I hear, at least from Spanish-speaking students, is that they tend to separate these words a lot of times. So instead of uh, contracting them, which would make their speaking more fluent, they tend to separate them. I, I think that's because they want to make sure that people understand that they're using this modal verb uh, form with have. Maybe because they believe, think that it won't be clear. Uh, but think about it. If native speakers use these forms in a contracted way, wouldn't it be, you know, a good idea to use it? They are clear. They're using contracted forms and they sound clear, even if they don't pronounce have in an exaggerated way. So the point here is not so much the pronunciation only, but it's the rhythm that it creates. So when you say things together, it creates a different rhythm than when you say them apart. And when you say them together, it automatically makes your speaking more fluent, more, there's a better flow. Let's take this example here. You could have told us, right? Now, we have one, two, three, four, five words here. And, um, you know, when you see them written down, that's how texts work. We see these words the same size. Not the same length, but the same size. Printed, right? So the impression might be that they have, they're, you know, they're equally important. And of course they are important because they are part of a grammatically correct full, you know, expression or sentence. But but they're not equally important when it comes to pronunciation and when it comes to emphasis. And this is the, uh, well, this is the point that makes a difference when you learn to say them the way native speakers say them. So first, let's just read them the way they are written. It would sound something like, um, you could have told us, you know, or you could have told us. Something like that. It's okay, but it's certainly not, you know, it doesn't sound easy. It doesn't sound like, you know, that you're saying it in a fluent way. So the key is to distribute a different kind of stress, different amount of stress on these words. And then that will create Contractions, or contractions, contractions create a different rhythm. Either way, the result is the same. So, think of toy construction toy blocks. Imagine you have five, and you put down these blocks: one, two, three, four, five. And imagine that uh, you leave the same gap an equal amount of gap between these blocks a few millimeters or you know something like that and then and then what you do is you take a chopstick or a piece of wood or something and you just move them i mean move the chopstick over the blocks and it will sound something like cluck 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 if you if you're moving it at the same pace at the same speed 
and the gaps are the same size, then it should sound kind of even. Cluck, 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 cluck. Right? Imagine that you create only two units. In one unit, you put three blocks, and in the other unit, you put two blocks. And you only put a gap, you only leave a gap between the two units. So three blocks go together, like, you know, uh, back to back. There's no gap between them. And then the other two blocks, remaining two blocks, also go together. And there's only one gap between the two units. One unit of three blocks, the other one of two blocks. Now, if you move the, the chopstick or the piece of wood again over the uh, construction blocks, the sound will be different. It's going to be like clack, clack. You see? Clack, clack. So there will be only one break, one point where it breaks. There's a bit of silence, so to say. Now, which one sounds more fluent to you? The first one, which was cluck, 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 or cluck, cluck. To me, the second one, it makes things easier for me because, because I can just say, you could have, you could have told us. You could have told us. You see, you could have told us. You could have told us. I'm using two units. You could have told us. And when I say these two in a sentence, in everyday spoken English, it just flows in a nice way. Listen, you could have told us. You could have told us. There's no sensation of five individual units. There's only two units because there are two stressed words, not five. So this is a different rhythm. You could have told us. It's very different from you could have told us. You could have told us. Very different. So how to practice? Well, practice saying these first, you know, separately. Like you could have, you could have, you could have. And then told us, told us, told us. And then you can put them together. You could have told us. Once it feels easy to say these two separately, you can connect them. I'll put the link in the description below, or you can go to createenglish.com slash podcast, create English like the name of the program with one E in the middle, and look for today's episode, which is um, November 2023, and you should find, uh, yes, you should find the uh, description there and the notes, and then you can find the video, which um, talks about the same thing uh, with the guitar. So it puts it into a more musical context, but it's about the same thing rhythm and modals all right and now pronunciation again still always i mean english is a lot a lot about pronunciation long words there are long words in english and sometimes you might wonder how to pronounce them so let's just see there's a little trick you can do long words are made up of small bits you know Long words are long, but it doesn't matter because they're just made up of small bits. We call them syllables, right? And the good thing is that there's only one syllable always, which is the loudest. There might be 
two syllables in long word that receive some kind of stress. But there will be always one which is the loudest part. So here's our, for our uh, example today is availability, right? For example, in this question, what's your availability for next week? And uh, yeah, let's just count the bits it's made up of. Uh, availability. Six syllables, right? How can we say these without difficulty? Now, here's what you should think of. Think of long jumpers in athletics. You know, these people who run, 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 and then jump. And there's always a point, which is the takeoff point. So where they just leap as far as they can to complete the jump. If you think about that, and you apply it to long words, it's going to work easier. So here you have this word availability, quite a long word, what to do? How do I say this in an easy way? It's very easy, just find the loudest syllable. In this case, it's Bill. Availability, right? So, if we just take this word apart into pieces and we say avail, this is the runway. The runway is where the long jump runners accelerate, you know? They pick up speed, they run, run, run. That's the runway. And then they have the takeoff point. That's where they leap and jump and then fly in the air and then before they land, right? For you also, your runway preparation part is Avela, Avela. Bill is the takeoff point and Itty is the flight, the jump. And if you press bill, the part bill a little bit, you put more, you put more stress on that. You put the main stress there. That will become the loudest part, and it's gonna sound like availability, availability, and this will make it easier for you to say this long word. There are other long words as well. You can say. Um, this way, I mean, with this idea in mind, it should help you to say them easier. For example, irreversibility, irreversibility. So again, Bill is the part which will receive the stress. And then irreversa, irreversa is your runway, Bill is the takeoff point, and it is the flight and the jump. So, irreversibility, there you go. So with this tip, as I said, you can try other long words and it should make them work easier, contributing to your speaking fluency. Find the link to the podcast notes and there you will find the link to the video. Before we finish today, I'd like to tell you some story. Well, it's it, this comes up a lot. So when we do listening practice, uh, what usually happens is that learners, um, you know, for the first listening, it's um, uh, they don't understand at least like half of the listening. If it's the right level, like if it's not too easy for them, but it's just challenging enough, they might understand about 50, 60 percent, sometimes less, sometimes a bit more, but, you know, in that ballpark. 
And and then as we work through the listening, like, you know, um, listening to it different times, various times in different ways is what I mean, um, with different exercises, uh, they increase their comprehension level, of course. So they understand the listening better. And then they immediately say, oh, yeah, I understand it now because I know the content. I know what it's all about. And it's it's funny because it's true. Of course, you understand it because you know it. You understand it because you know what they are saying. You've seen the words, you know, after you know working through the different types of activities and exercises. But if you finally have seen the transcript or the subtitles or whatever, then you actually know the exact words that they're saying. And then when you, again, at the end, listen to it one more time without the text or without subtitles, and you go like, wow, I understand so much more than I did at the beginning, then what students usually say is that, yeah, 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 because, you know, I know the content. As I said, it's funny. It's funny because it's true, but it's it's true because this is what understanding exactly is so when you understand a language uh, well your first language or any foreign language that you have learned to speak well at a good level uh, you understand it because you know the content now don't get me wrong i'm not saying you know the content of every situation what i am saying is that you know the content in terms of vocabulary and you recognize the sounds, you convert the sounds into words, and the words, phrases, and expressions, and that is your understanding of what the people are saying, because you have developed the ability to recognize the sounds, convert them, decode that into words and phrases, etc. Now, this is exactly what happens when you help yourself with the text. Because the text will tell you uh, what is happening in the world of those sounds that you don't capture. Because when you don't understand some someone speaking to you, and I'm not talking about you know difficult situations like very complicated technical languages, etc., or any topic that you're not familiar with, even in your native language, when it's just an average topic. And you go like, uh, well, I don't understand it. Or I just understand half of it. And then you see the text and it helps you to understand 80%, 90% of it or all of it. And then when you listen to the same thing without the text, you will understand more. That's because you have the ability. It's just temporary. It Maybe it lasts a few minutes, probably longer, maybe an hour, a few hours, maybe the whole day. The next day, it will be probably a little bit different. A few days later, if you go back and listen to the same thing again, uh, it will be probably less. But you might be surprised how much you have been able to retain at the same time. So uh, whatever you have retained is your ability that you have been able to keep. Your ability to decode the sounds into words. And yes, you might remember the text but you're, it's still your ear that is the first thing because you're not reading, right? You go back to the same listening and you do it without the text. The text is in your memory. But then 
That's it. Next time you hear similar expressions, you will recognize them in other situations. So be happy for it. So when you understand, increase your comprehension level. Be happy. Be happy that you understand it so well. And then go back and check it a few days later and see what happens and how much you have been able to retain and keep and how much is gone or has faded. All right, so this is my... uh, It's actually another tip. Just before finishing the program for today, uh, we talked about three things. uh, How to collect new vocabulary to remember it easier. How to sound more fluent using contractions and how to pronounce long words in English easily. Uh, So thanks for listening. This was Create English with Gabor Legradi on Ripollet Radio. Remember, if you're interested in the notes um, to the program, then check the link under the program if you're listening on the radio's website. And if not, then go to createenglish.com slash podcast and look for today's episode, which is uh, November 2023. And uh, you should find the notes and any link that is, um, you know, related to today's uh, topics and today's program. And I hope you have a great week, a great month, and hope to talk to you next time. Bye now. Thank you.